0: girlfriends episode number 49 simple ideas for advent hello and welcome to girlfriends i'm danielle bean i'm a wife and a mom and i'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace balance and joy in family living So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of Girlfriends. I'm so glad that you're joining me this week for episode number 49. We're almost at 50. Can you believe that? It seems weird to me. It's gone by very, very fast because I feel like I just started this podcast. It's my new thing. And yet we're coming up on a year. But speaking of that milestone, at a year's time, at the beginning of January, it's going to be a year that I've been doing this podcast, I think I'm going to consider some ways to switch it up. I've been asking, you know, people in the interviews the same questions. I think I might change those questions. I might change the structure a little bit. And so that means I want your feedback. (laughs) I want you to tell me what you'd like to see here. I generally do enjoy having a guest each week. I think it's kind of a nice balance for the podcast where I'm just not talking to you the whole time. But I might look to change up that structure, maybe not have an interview every week. Sometimes it's hard to schedule in the recording time for the podcast plus recording time for an interview. I don't know. I'm going to give that some serious consideration in the coming weeks how I want to do that. But I'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to see here, um, what you enjoy, what you could do without... you know, what what your suggestions and ideas are. I'd love to hear from you. So you can uh, email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or I'm always asking you to leave me that voice feedback. You can do that too at uh, daniellebean.com. You can click that little tab to leave voicemail or connect with me on Voxer. That's in the show notes of every episode at daniellebean.com. Just click that little tab on Voxer. You can download the app onto your phone. Super easy, fun way to connect with a voicemail. So let me know what you'd like to see because I am going to be changing some things. I'm not going to keep this exact same structure. Might be subtle changes, might be dramatic changes. You'll just have to find out in 2017. Anyway, (laughs) um, how are you doing? I am sitting in my driveway surrounded by snow, covered by snow, um, In the car, of course, I'm not covered with snow. I was earlier when I was schlepping kids around. We had school and it didn't get canceled. It didn't even get delayed. And then we had a doctor's appointment. And uh, this is Monday, the day before St. Nicholas Day. And St. Nicholas still hasn't done his shopping. So I'll be heading out in a messy, snowy winter wonderland later on this afternoon, I guess, when I have to pick up my daughter from school. Do you do St. Nicholas Day? We always have here. And I love it it's a little bit of a stress. Um, some years have been more extravagant than other years. Some years I feel like I'm just cobbling something together at the last minute. Kind of like today, 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 today. Uh, but other years, you know, it's, it's <laughs> varies depending on how much time I have to put into it. But generally we just do some treats in the morning. Kids leave their shoes out. Um, I know some people do stockings on St. Nicholas Day and then they skip the stockings thing on Christmas. I think that's really cool because the stocking thing seriously stresses me out at Christmas. We do do stockings, but oh my gosh, it is really expensive and exhausting to try and shop for all those little tiny items in addition to the other gifts that you're giving people at Christmas. So, I think that's genius, and unfortunately, we did not ever start that tradition. I guess I could start now, but my kids might revolt um <laughs> so they generally put their shoes out and'll leave treats in their shoes, and we'll also um just put out some treats at the at the table, have a nice breakfast, make hot cocoa, maybe make some cinnamon rolls and play music. And the kids who are homeschooled get the day off from school, which is a nice little bonus. This year, I've got two kids who are heading into school that go to our local public school. So no such luck there. I've also got one kid who commutes to college. So I don't know what her schedule will be like. And then I've got two that are away at college and we mailed them St. Nicholas packages. I am so proud of myself because I I am usually the worst person at the post office. Like, tell me I have to mail something and it's just, it's never going to happen like, to me, I'll just stand there blinking at you. Like, what do you mean? Use the post office? What? Mail a package? Forget it. Like, I'm just not post office friendly. And I managed to get these packages to my boys out on time last week. I don't know, St. Nicholas inspired or something. He must have sent me special graces to be able to do that. Anyway, I don't know how long I'll keep it up. Um, But it's kind of nice because this is a time of year where kids at college kind of need care packages anyway. So that part is nice. And um, hopefully they will arrive in time. Anyway, I'm talking about that because um, we're going to talk about Advent, and St. Nicholas Day is certainly part of Advent. How are you doing in your Advent? (laughs) Seems crazy that we're already um, in our second week of Advent here, lighting two candles on the wreath over the weekend. It's nice, though. I think I feel like... um, I've been keeping things pretty simple this year. Some years I have overwhelmed myself with stress. And I guess it was probably the years where I had a lot of little kids and I just felt the pressure to be doing, doing lots of things. And I don't know, when I was a young mom, I was a little bit crazy in that I would... I I would take on these huge burdensome projects because they seemed so important to me to, you know, living out the liturgical year with regard to having a Jesse tree or reading, you know, Bible passages every day during Advent and all the various little craft projects that you could be doing. And there's so much you can do that some years I know I overwhelmed myself, and probably my kids too, with how much stuff we were trying to do. And all the different feast days, they're great, great feast days inside of Advent. You know, St. Nicholas Day is one of them, but there's St. Lucy, there's Our Lady of Guadalupe, there's St. Ambrose's Feast Day, there's a lot Oh, the Immaculate Conception, you know, there's a lot that you can do to just celebrate those feast days, but pick and choose, you know. If you love it and you get You know, wonderful creative energy from participating in all those things and planning projects with your kids, go for it. But I think the large majority of us um, get really exhausted and we deplete ourselves when we take on too many of those kinds of things. So pick a couple. You can pick different ones every year. I think having gone through the number of advents that I've gone through now gives me a little bit of perspective. And having older kids now that look back fondly on memories and It isn't the memories of all the things they accomplished during any particular Advent. It might be one little project that they enjoyed and the time when maybe I wasn't a crazy frazzled mess because we were doing just one thing, you know. Pick, Pick and choose. Anyway, I want to encourage you to have a simple Advent. That's why I titled this episode, Simple Ideas for Advent, because I think Advent is a great time of year to focus on simplicity. I mean, everything else is so complicated. Preparing for Christmas is so complicated, especially if you have a large family, even if you don't have a large family, just making your Christmas plans and shopping for the people you have on your list. But I find in my household, with people going in multiple directions and all the different events and celebrations that tend to happen during Advent and obligations and family stuff and school stuff and work stuff, that it really does add up so there's a lot of complex stuff so i just i i think it really helps to have a simple approach to advent to think about it how can i observe advent simply not a big to do list and so i'm just going to share with you a few little ideas five different ways that you might consider adding to your Advent or observing Advent yourself in a simple way. So the first one is pray a little more. Now this is a no-brainer, right? Pray a little more during Advent, but are you doing it? You know, I think sometimes I put off my plans for doing it so long that I don't end up doing it. You know, you can do something simple. You might add some spiritual reading to your day, you know, five minutes in the morning. If there's some uh, book that's sitting on your nightstand. I've got stacks of them that are, you know, I mean to read and I know they're awesome and or some of them that I plan to revisit because I know that they were really fruitful for me when I read them previously and I'd like to revisit them. So if you have a stack like that, pick one and just spend a little time this Advent season focused on it. You don't have to have necessarily a major goal of even finishing the book, but making time each day to do that spiritual reading, that could be one way you add a little bit more prayer to your day. You might use an app on your phone. We've talked about those here before, different ways that you can add prayer to your day. Um you also this is something I have loved doing in the past and it's pretty simple is you might memorize some scripture. A lot of us will add maybe reading from the Bible or reading the the daily readings. That's a nice simple way that you can participate in the in the church in the liturgy of every day inside of the Catholic Church is by reading the readings of the day and those are easy to get online. Um you can look them up anywhere uh, if you don't happen to have a daily missal. But one thing that I have loved to do in the past and in involving kids or not involving kids, you might try memorizing a little piece of scripture. You might try memorizing a psalm that's meaningful to you. Um, in the past, we have memorized Isaiah, um, the passage from Isaiah that's read at midnight mass. I'm not remembering the exact citation now, but I'll try to get it and put it in the show notes because it's one of my all-time favorite readings. It's so beautiful, and it talks about Jesus as wonder, counselor, oh, I'm not going to remember all the names, Prince of Peace. Um Anyway, it's so beautiful. I think it's such a powerful, powerful piece of scripture from Isaiah. I love Isaiah anyway. He's my favorite. Um Anyway, so if you like Isaiah, one year I had my son Ambrose, who was probably, I don't know, nine or ten at the time, memorize that reading. And he he just, you know, he was a good Um, memorizer. So I gave him that without overwhelming him too much. Um, And he loved it that year at Midnight Mass because he had been working all Advent on memorizing that. He had the entire thing memorized. He (laughs) recited it for anybody who would listen uh, you know throughout the Advent season and and at Christmas and really impressed his grandpa. But then at Midnight Mass when it was read, his eyes just lit up and he loved it. And I know that to this day that passage has special meaning for him because he memorized it. So maybe help your kids to, you know, they don't have to memorize an entire passage, uh, but maybe just a few lines from Luke about the birth of Jesus. And I find that memorizing scripture is a beautiful way to really impress God's Word upon your heart and really actually make it a part of your day. Make it a part of life in your home. You know, if you're helping your kids to memorize scripture, everyone's going to be repeating it. Everyone's going to be hearing it. It's going to be running through your head even while you're doing chores later in the day. What a lovely thing to immerse yourself in the Word of God during Advent. So, I'm inspiring myself by talking about this. I still haven't done it, but I think I'm going to give um, each of the younger kids an assignment of um, memorizing a little bit of scripture this Advent season and myself, too. I'm going to do it, too. All right. The second way to um, have a simple Advent is to give a little more. So pray a little more and give a little more. Do you know that Advent is a penitential season? Well, it is and we don't often treat it as such with all the goodies and cakes and parties and gifts that are going around, but it is a time to be giving, maybe fasting from something. Um. So, you know, it will depend upon what your preferences are or what you think God might be calling you to do what you do, but I think In that it's penitential in a way that feels different from Lent because we're anticipating such a good thing. We're like waiting for a baby. We're getting ready for baby Jesus to come. And I love to talk to my kids about that. And so as part of our preparation for that, giving a little more doesn't have to mean like we're not going to eat the cupcakes at the Christmas party or whatever. Um, Sure, fine, if that's what you feel like you're being called to do. Um, A lot of people do eat more simply or have simpler meals or, or more meatless meals during Advent. That's totally up to you. But a fun way that you can as a family give a little bit more is look for creative ways to be charitable. You can all like write a check to a charity or put your change in the Salvation Army bucket on your way out of Walmart or whatever. But it's really fun to make it personal. Um, In the past, one thing that we did with our kids was we had them, I can't remember what they did, but somehow maybe selling something of theirs or I don't know what, maybe making a collection. They got together some money. They raised it themselves. And this was during Advent. And then I took them shopping at the grocery store. And they picked out food items um, that were especially needed at our local food pantry. And they did that shopping themselves with the money themselves. And we drove to the food pantry and um, gave it to the pastor who was there. And I think that was really meaningful for my kids. I really, uh, it got, I got a lot out of that too. It was really meaningful for me, really just thinking about and praying about the families that were going to receive the food that we were buying, what a family might like to have, you know, the kids bought a few things that were not necessarily on the necessities list, but maybe would be a treat for somebody Just kind of thinking like that and really engaging your kids in uh, and yourself in a way that's kind of giving in a creative way. Advent's a beautiful time to do that. You know, maybe surprise somebody. Think of somebody that you could surprise with something kind or something good. Maybe a neighbor who needs your help shoveling. (laughs) I'm thinking of my neighbor, Louise, and wondering if I need to send a big boy over there. (laughs) Not that my big boys are home, but I have Stephen. he's 15. Um, She might need a little help shoveling out. Um, Something like that, or maybe a lonely relative who would love to get a phone call from you, or leave a surprise on your neighbor's porch, or send your kid in with a surprise for their teacher. You know, there's just all kinds of ways that you can be creative with giving, but really give that some thought, a simple way that you can give a little bit more this Advent. The third way to have a simple little Advent is to mark the days of Advent. It's okay that we're partway through Advent if you haven't done this yet. Calendars, of course, are so popular, and we have a wooden one that's a reusable one. I've linked to it before in my newsletter, and um, get a lot of feedback from people who really enjoy that. There are lots of different ones. Um, you can even get a cheapo one. We every year we get um, we use our, our reusable wooden one, which has these beautiful little magnetic. Uh, pieces that form the nativity scene. You know, one for each day inside of the door, and the kids love taking their turns opening it up and taking their little piece out. And um, and you know, we just have such fun memories of even when the big kids were very small, and it was really important to them when was their day and keeping track. And and now it's a little bit more casual, but it's still a very happy tradition that we have. And it's okay if you haven't started yet. Like you can still get an advent calendar. I promise you, your kids will love getting caught up on the days and opening all the doors to get you where you're supposed to be. You can get a. Cheap o little chocolate calendar um, anywhere, really. I've seen them at grocery stores, at CVS and whatnot. So there are lots of different ways that you can do that in one creative way. And I have never done this and I mean to do it. It's one of those things, you know, maybe we'll get to it. <laughs> um, and you could even do it, you know, if, if Advent has started is make a paper chain with the number of days in Advent and on each um, of the pieces of paper before you staple it to make the chain write something down, whether it's a fun thing that you're going to do that day, or, you know, something simple, like reading a story or making hot cocoa or whatever it is, or, you know, something that you're going to especially do that day, like pray for somebody in particular. I know one mom who did it, and it was just a prayer chain. And she and her kids would take, you know, one chain off each day. And ahead of time, they had brainstormed, you know, all the different people in their lives that they're thankful for that they, they want to especially pray for. And, you each each day, they would be reminded of who the person was for that day, and they would pray together for that person, but then remember that person throughout the day, maybe offer up sacrifices for that person's benefit, um, asking God to give that person's special blessings during advent so that's a super simple way anybody can make a paper chain you don't have to be crafty you know and it's a very simple idea that kids really love but even if you don't have little kids even just for yourself i think it's a nice way to kind of mark off the days and emphasize that idea of waiting through advent that's what marking the days really does is it shows that anticipation and it kind of creates that anticipation inside of our hearts that we're really we're awaiting the birth of a savior and it's a good reminder of that. A fourth way to have a simple little Advent would be to add music to your days, and yes, some people are absolutely like, no Christmas music until Christmas Eve at midnight, you know. I understand if you're like that, that's fine. There's plenty of Advent music out. If you don't mind the Christmas music, I think, you know, I think it's fine. Uh, I've been more of a stickler about it in the past. But I just try to make sure that, you know, you're hearing Christmas music everywhere, that inside of your home, maybe make it more spiritual music, maybe... Um, even if it's Christmas music, um, and maybe consider some of the Advent music that's out there. I did a little exploring, and I found this cool Spotify list that somebody put together of Advent music. And I'm not even done listening to all of it, but it's pretty cool. So I'm going to link to that Spotify playlist on uh, the show notes in... um, at daniellebean.com. So you'll find that link there if you want to check it out on Spotify. It's a nice playlist. You can just put it right onto your phone and listen to it. I listened to part of it in the car the other day with kids and I'm still listening to it. I'll probably uh, do a workout later today and and listen to it then. It was kind of a nice mix. So I'm not promising everything on there is awesome because I haven't listened to everything yet, but it's a pretty cool mix. And if you don't use Spotify, it's easy and it's free. So, you know, you can check it out even just on your computer if you don't want to put the app on your phone. Um it's also a good time to explore other music, you know. Um I've had people uh share different, you know, popular artists all have Christmas albums, um but a lot more of the Christian and Catholic singer-songwriters tend to have some of the advent kinds of themed Songs, and you can add those to a playlist. You know, make your own, do some exploring, find something new to listen to that is going to inspire you. And if you know of a particular artist or album that's really awesome, Send it to me and I'll be glad to share it in um, future podcasts. I think it would be great. You know, the more the merrier. So let's put together a room playlist. Anyway, adding music is a way that you can really kind of set apart the days of Advent, I find, because it's a different kind of music from what you listen to. Even if you always have music going on in your house, which we don't tend to. I guess it's a habit I got into when the kids were young, when there was just enough noise already in my house that I didn't usually like to have music on. But now I find if I'm just going to be working in the kitchen or, you know, you know doing basic email kind of work or something, it's kind of nice to have some music on. And this is a great opportunity to add that to your home, kind of light light some candles, explore how that feels this season. It's very cozy and nice to just set apart the season in that way. So it's a different time of year. It gets dark earlier. So you can do cozy things like playing special music during this time of year. And that's meaningful for small children for sure, but it's meaningful even for us grown ups and it kind of can change your heart and change your mood and turn your thoughts toward, um, you know, spiritual things. So that's important. All right. The last simple idea that I have to share with you about Advent is do something more at your parish. Now, this is something that has really been on my heart because we've just been through a busy season. It was a busy summer and just a busy fall with me traveling a lot. And I am feeling like we have not been engaged enough at our parish. So I've been praying about this. And, you know, I think starting small is important and we all need to be engaged at our parish. Maybe you're one of those people who is in everything at your parish. So maybe this one's not for you. But for those of us who kind of hold back a little bit, um this is an opportunity during Advent to do something more at your parish. Your parish you know, could use you, could use your presence for sure at daily masses, at adoration, um, at confession. They might have a special um, penitential service. I know ours did this past weekend, but many parishes do that multiple times during the Advent season. So find something. Usually your parish is going to be doing something extra, whether it's like an evening of reflection or lessons and carols or, um, you know, some prayer service or whatever it is. Find something more that you can do at your parish. And if there isn't something particularly you know, Advent-themed that's going on, Your parish could use you in something, I promise you. So find something that you can engage in, something you can participate in, something you can give of yourself to, and, you know, bring your family along, bring your husband along, bring your kids, bring your sister, bring, you know, your friend from down the street. You know, it's really a great time of year to focus on community building and giving of yourself. I think that's really important. And so I want to encourage you to look for a way to participate more to engage more at your parish during the Advent season. So those are the five ways, simple ideas for Advent. If you have more, I'd love to hear them. But the ones I've shared today are pray a little more, give a little more, mark the days, add music, and do something more at your parish. If you have ideas, I would love to share them because, you know, next week, Advent's still not going to be over, and some people might still be looking for a little bit of inspiration. Even if you've put off Advent, I want to encourage you to engage in it now. I want to encourage you to give some thought for ways that you can observe the season that aren't going to tap you out, aren't going to deplete you, are really going to fulfill you, and, you know, bring a lot of joy to these days as we're waiting and counting down the days till Christmas. So, if you have some ideas you want to share if you do something cool and awesome I would love to be able to share it with others who listen so you can send it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com or like I mentioned previously go to daniellebean.com click leave voicemail it's super easy you don't need any special equipment and then I can add your voice to a
1: future episode of the girlfriends podcast I'd love to do that hey girlfriends who are we talking to this week it's time for an interview
0: Hi, everybody. I am happy to have a special guest here today on Girlfriends. Tiffany Walsh is joining us here on the show today. Tiffany is a wife and a mother to two precious children, a native western New Yorker, and an academic librarian. She's a cradle Catholic who rekindled her childhood faith as a graduate student in New York City via her love of books and discovery of daily mass. She enjoys using humor in her writing and blogs about faith, books, and everything in between over at lifeofacatholiclibrarian.com. Welcome Tiffany. I'm so glad you're here.
2: Thanks, Danielle. I'm so pleased to be here.
0: Yeah. I'm thrilled to get a librarian on. Tell us about your work.
2: So you're if you're happy to have a librarian on, you must enjoy books nerd. as well. Yes. Good. <laughs> but
0: I need to know, are you a mean librarian? There are some mean librarians. Yeah, I remember
2: those librarians. You
0: sound like a friendly one though.
2: <laughs> I am. I am a friendly librarian. And I work at a large state university Uh here in Western New York. And so I do a combination of things that I would consider to be what the old-fashioned view of librarians is, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting at the reference desk with your hair in a bun, um, (laughs) helping people when they come up. But I'm also a teaching librarian, which when I got into this gig, I wouldn't have thought that's the path that I would have taken, Uh um, is to be up in front of a group like that teaching. Mm-hmm. But now that is the majority of what I do. So it's a kind of a mixed type of position at this level. So mm-hmm. I do, I haven't done reference all semester because I've been teaching a lot, but usually I would be doing a little bit of reference sitting at the desk. So helping people find things and locating um, specific types of information or facts that they're looking for when they just come up and ask you for help mm-hmm. and as well as collecting books and things like that. For the library, but I also, like I mentioned, teach. So I work a lot with the undergraduates here,
0: Great. Wow, that's exciting. And, um, you've got two children. Um, what are their ages, and are they boy or girl?
2: Well, I have one of each. And my son just turned eleven in early November, which you know, you know you're getting older when you have you find yourself repeating that phrase that all of the old people used to say when you were a kid that time passes so fast.
0: I know. I, I say it every day.
2: <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but he mm-hmm. just turned 11 and our daughter is five and a new kindergartner as of oh, this fall.
0: Fun, exciting, new new stage in your family life. That's sweet. Yes. So wonderful. Well, I'm thrilled that you're on and, and um, I love everything that you share at um, your blog, on Twitter, at Catholic Mom, you know, so people can check you out in all of those different places. But today we're going to talk about some Uh, triumphs and some mistakes and some advice that you've gotten in your life. These are questions that I ask everyone who comes on Girlfriends and I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us today, Tiffany. So let's get started with the first one. Can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed? When did you first ever feel that sense of achievement in your work or in your personal life?
2: So I I like this question because it really makes you reflect in um, just a deep and profound way, I guess, when you Mm -hmm. examine your entire life. (laughs) like, Well, what do I feel is like that I had this been a big moment. And there's certainly things that come to mind that you may say. So um, as a wife and mother, so I'm thinking the first things that come to mind is say when I got when I married my husband or when I had my children, but to be honest, sort of as a more overarching uh, answer, I suppose, than those specific events Mm -hmm. is turning 40. Mm -hmm. And so I've been married for almost 12 years. Our anniversary is next month and my son is 11. So, you know, I've been a wife and a mom now for all of those years um, before I turned 40. Mm But I really feel like that is an age for women where it comes like that's seen in a negative light mm-hmm. that oh it's this milestone where everything's downhill and you know, we don't want that and you, it, you worry about looking different as you get older and Sure. It, it's seen as a bad thing, but I have not found that at all. I found that after I turned 40, I feel this sense of triumph that I really don't care anymore about <laughs> things that I used to worry about so much. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid and a, a young adult, I was so preoccupied with, I, I'm a pleaser. So I was oh, in a kind of an introvert, more of a, well, more so when I was younger, but more of a, a reserved person. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid and so I was always just nervous and anxious about things and what do other people think and I don't want to make them unhappy and displeased with something that I'm doing and turning 40 just totally changed my perspective on the world and I really don't worry about those things anymore and that's such a freeing feeling. Yeah. So. Everything about my life and vocation and job, I see in that light. So there's lots of special moments, of course, Mm -hmm. um, that I would think back on throughout my life. But I really feel that sense of triumph that I just, I mean, certainly things can still hurt my feelings, just like with anybody. I'm still a sensitive person. And so I'm always, I take care when I talk to other people. And so if, if somebody doesn't do that when they speak to you, it still can wound. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I just don't take it as hard as I used to. I, I have a different way of seeing the world and of seeing myself. I th- really think that's where the triumph comes in, mm-hmm. is that at, this, at that age really to me meant that I looked at myself and said, you know, for whatever it is it is what it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) good and bad good qualities bad qualities strengths and weaknesses this is who I am in the way that God made me and I don't need to apologize for those things anymore I don't need to feel bad about the fact that I was a very shy child and you know when you're shy you take some flack for that people sure. really see that as a negative people don't talk
0: about that nicely no
2: <laughs> yeah but you know there's nothing wrong with that because my son in particular I would classify as being shy my mm-hmm. daughter is not not mm-hmm. shy um, but my son is and I always I really want him to know that there's nothing wrong with that that's just part of the way God made you that's that's just who you are and it's okay to be a, a shyer, more reserved person sure. and so turning 40 just made me realize you know that's okay. That, that that's good because that is what everybody has a role uh, in a way that God wants you to fit into the big puzzle that is all of the ways that we interact with each other in the world. Right. And so I have things to bring, and other people have different things to bring, and whatever those things are, whether they be different from each other or similar, they're they're good in in that light. And so I to me that has been such a freeing realization. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's why I thought about it when I saw your word triumphed. That's that's what I thought of like that is that is a triumph to feel just more comfortable in your own skin and to not worry so much that the way that you are is in some way defective or bad right. or could be should be different and should be better well of course we could all do things different and better sometimes depending upon the choices that we make throughout our lives sure. but it's Just who you are as a person doesn't fall into that category.
0: Right, right. I I love that you shared that because that is so encouraging. And I'm thinking of some younger moms who might be listening that kind of fear those big birthdays, those big numbers or fear what the future might hold. And I love that you're so encouraging about it because I had a very similar experience when I turned 40 that it felt so good to be comfortable in my own skin, you know, that, yeah. and I think it takes fully 40 years to get there for some of us. I definitely does. <laughs> and, you know, it was like letting go of, and it didn't magically happen on my 40th birthday, no. but when you have a milestone like that, you tend to like reflect back on who you yes. are and who you've become and, you know, those kinds of things. So I remember having a very similar feeling like, I'm not dreading this, this feels very good. And even just, even very good influences in my life, letting go of the, the guilt that I would have about not being exactly the way my mother was, for example, you know, right. and who's, my mother's awesome, and she's a wonderful right. influence in my life, but I'm not meant to be exactly like her, right. but I know, like, through my early motherhood, I really struggled with that part of my identity that, oh, gee, I'm not, I'm trying to be me like too. my mom, but I'm not my mom, you know, and, and even other women that you might admire, I've got amazing sisters who en- encourage and inspire me in so many ways, and friends that are, you know, doing amazing things in their lives, and there's that temptation to kind of, you know, kind of decide Earn yourself worth in whether or not you're measuring up to those people that you admire so much rather than take that inspiration from their example and mm-hmm. apply it in the way that it fits with your life and fully embrace who you're meant to be. That's the most beautiful part of what you've shared.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because I think about my mom. And yeah, she was a great mom. She didn't work outside the home when we were growing up. So she was there all the time after school. And that is something that as a mother who works outside of the home, I'm sure a lot of women can relate to the fact that you carry a lot of guilt for that. Sure you do. And it's really difficult. And so I think back on my mom and she was there and she was able to do things at the school during the day, volunteer and such that I'm not always able to do because of my job. And my mother was also and is a fantastic cook. Mm-hmm. Guess who isn't? Right? <laughs> right
0: here. That so, gene might skip a generation. You don't know.
2: Yeah, you know her and my girl or my grandmother both though. That, that didn't skip. They both I mean, the cookies at Christmas alone. And uh, baking it's mm-hmm. a, a disaster. I can cobble something together. I'm not as good as my mom, but I can make something work with cooking, but mm-hmm. baking, I I it's just not your thing. I, I don't even try. I the box that, that's good <laughs> enough for me. Um and I just did not I I just didn't get that gene or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that that's not the gift that God gave me. So, yeah, it's easy to compare mm-hmm. and think like, oh, my mom made all those homemade meals. She made, you know, homemade sauce because my, you know, my mom's side of the family is Italian. She made her own homemade sauce every Sunday and we had pasta and, you know, I don't do any of those. Things. Right, right. <laughs> when I told my mom that I used jarred sauce, she says, I didn't raise you like that." <laughs>
0: moms aren't helping with their (laughs) comments, are they?
2: (laughs) Because it's true, but it's like, mine isn't as good as yours, so that's why I don't make it all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And her meatballs, I I mean, I do try, and they're pretty good, but they're not as good as hers. It's yeah. Yeah. So it it is easy to do, and it's something that we should just release ourselves of. We're never going to be exactly the same, and that's not ever what God wanted for us. They do, just like you said, Danielle, he wants us to look at their example and then just apply that as best we can into our own situation.
0: Right, right. I think that's a, such wise advice for every woman, whatever stage of life you're in. And I really want to encourage younger moms who might be listening that feel discouraged in that way or feel tempted to kind of measure themselves against others or their own moms or their own upbringing in those ways. It's really important to realize. And then we're all becoming the people that God means us to be. It's all a process anyway. You know, I had a similar yes. thought. It was funny you are mentioning baking because, um, recently at Thanksgiving, I was making pies and my, my oh. daughter was watching me, you know, rolling out the things. dough and uh-huh. I, I happen to like baking and I've got a bit of experience at it and, uh, you know, rolling out the dough, you know, covering uh-huh. the pies, crimping that. the crust. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, super fast doing it super fast and my daughter was in awe and she was like mom i mean i you know she was you know doing her own little thing and and i wanted to really encourage her in that that I didn't start out being able to just roll out pie dough and, and crimp yeah. the crust and not think twice about it. You know, I made some really messy things <laughs> early on. Yeah, a lot on. of
2: bad pies. Right.
0: Sure. <laughs> and I remember watching right. my own mom with the same similar kind of awe, like, you know, things become muscle memory and you you don't even think about it anymore as a particular talent that you have. But there are so many things that we've, we're always becoming, we're always growing and changing and, and learning new things that it's important to remember that, that Nobody starts out being an expert at anything, and it's really just a process, and so that's very encouraging.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like what you mentioned about the milestone birthdays being mm-hmm. a time of reflection. I really found that and I did dread that number, the, the first number being a four. Yeah. And so leading up to it and definitely for say the first six months afterwards, it, it was very difficult for me to get used to because mm-hmm. I didn't mind turning 30. I, a lot of people really, twenties is like the prime of your life. I don't see that at all. I see really like Thirty through fifty, in some ways, is being, and it's not that it's bad after that, but it's right. certainly a time when people are generally very happy and things are a little bit more settled in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like I guess thirty was fine. Forty, I did. just you know, like oh, you worry a little bit about the age related things that can start to happen sure. in terms of your physical health and all that. Um, and so, it, it takes sometimes time to just come to terms with that and realize that life is a journey, and there's going to be good things and challenges throughout all of these different decades. And you might, we have no choice, right? Mm -hmm. So you might as well embrace what is good. in each of those milestones, because it's, it's just more enjoyable that way. And it's what God calls us to do. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of this recently because we just had a 90th birthday party for my grandmother.
0: Awesome. This
2: infamous baker, my mom's mom. (laughs) And you know, she is just (laughs) spry as anything and beautiful um, as ever. Mm -hmm. and she said to me at her party, she said, you know, Tiffany, I have never minded revealing my age. People ask me, Rose, how old are you? Oh, 85, 89. I have to admit, 90 is a little tough for me to get used to. (laughs) And I thought, see, this is the way I want to be. We don't even think twice about it until we're 90. (laughs) right? (laughs) Because there is, you know, just good and blessings all the way through all of those years. And she's still very active, has lots of friends and Um, you know, my grandfather passed away right after my daughter was born, so it's been a little over five years, and so she's been a widow for that time, and even though that was very difficult, she has just found a way of making new connections and her friendships and, you know, still enjoying the time that she has, and that, to me, is such an inspirational example.
0: Oh, I love that. Tiffany's grandma, inspiring Mm -hmm. us all, feeling a little funny saying 90, but you know what? I think she's going to get very comfortable pretty quick. Exactly. (laughs) Well, what a great triumph. That's so inspiring. Let's move on to a mistake, Tiffany. Can you share about a mistake you once made in in your personal life or professionally, and what did you learn from it?
2: So I was thinking about this question, and I like to just be, and this is how I write in my blog, I like to be, or well, obviously speaking with you now, but I like my conversations, whether they be in written form or in verbal form, to be not spontaneous, so, but thoughtfully spontaneous. Mm-hmm. But like the first thing that comes to your mind, first or second, is going to be like, there's something there. That's the reason that it came to you so quickly. Right. Um, and so I saw that and I thought, ooh, gee, <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of mistakes that mm-hmm. I could talk about, some of which I don't want to. So I'm thinking, right. well, but, but what is it that really comes to the forefront? And something very recent, came to the forefront of my mind and that is and again this is I suppose more of more of an overarching um, quality about myself that I and it causes me to make mistakes that I would really like to work on about myself. And that is as an introverted, more of an introverted person, I often get lost in my own head because I get my reach. I'm a lot more social than I used to be. I I definitely enjoy social media and talking even in person um, a lot more than I used to when I was a child. And it was like social interaction was very painful for me sometimes. Now I'm not like that. Um, But that being said, I'm still an introvert. And so I get my recharge from within. And so it's easy to sometimes just, you're thinking about things. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. and I like to just have quiet and just think about things. Um, but sometimes that makes you oblivious to things around you, which is not a very positive thing. And so as a teacher, this semester I found, because I it was a little bit of a stressful semester because I had a lot, much, many, many more classes than I've ever had before. Mm-hmm. And so I was under some stress, and so I'm in my own head a lot trying to recharge. Sure. And being in my own head a lot trying to recharge means that I'm constantly forgetting other things that involve other people besides just me. So there's this, you know, sort of selfishness that creeps in that you don't necessarily intend, but all the same that's what happens. Right. And so I got to class. I it's embarrassing to even think about how many times this happened, but it was at least 5. <laughs> okay, so this uh-huh. is- Five, at least five times I got to class and I'm rushing in because I have you know, every day was just a rush because I've got so much going on getting the kids to school. Now my, our daughter is in kindergarten. So we've got two in the morning that we're getting ready. Uh And so I'm rushing into work and I've always got a million things on my mind and trying to plan. And so I get to the classroom and realize that I forgot my flash drive again, Uh, again. And I did that over and over, and I would get so frustrated with myself because I would need, you know, my overhead sure. um, display that was saved on the flash drive. And so, would you? It probably would have been smart if I had just saved that file mm-hmm. somewhere in a in a cloud, so that I wouldn't have had to remember the flash drive. But it, did I do that? I did not. Right, right. <laughs> I just I felt like I didn't have time to do that, and so therefore I kept insisting that I needed to remember this flash drive, and I kept forgetting it. Oh, and so as a as an instructor, I would say, you know, in terms of this like mistake that I made, I just sometimes when I'm an instructor under stress, I forget things. And it just, it led to a lot of frustration this semester because I felt like I wasn't putting my students in as prominent a place as I should in terms of my planning process. Mm -hmm. And it just made me realize that I need to not try to be everything and do everything for everybody all the time in terms of having so much on my mind. A lot of that is just Mm self-imposed that I'm worried about things. And so I've got them churning around in my head. And so for a person like me, worry is like a cardiovascular activity. I feel like if I'm (laughs) worrying about it, that means I'm doing something about it. So I'm worried about the lesson and I'm worried like, I'm not really sure, especially on the early part of the week. Right. I'm not really sure if this is going to work out the way that I intend. And so I've, I'm worrying about all of that. I really don't need to worry about all of that. Mm-hmm. I planned. And so it's going to be however it's going to be. But I'm doing a disservice to my students if I allow those thoughts to dominate my mind so much that I'm forgetting to hand papers back to them. Like I left those in my office. I'm forgetting the flash drive. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting to just mention you know, important deadlines and such to them in class because I'm my thoughts are just so churned up in all of these other things. And just sort of deep in the recesses of my own head is a way of dealing with all of these new things in my life. So both of my kids being in school full time and this Mm -hmm. new teaching load that I'm trying to maintain at work. And I'm usually worried about you know, for my husband, I, you know, he's a teacher as well, and he's very experienced and has this well under control. But yet I worry anyway mm-hmm. because I'm thinking, well, I know he's got a lot of classes and he fields a lot of the stuff with the kids at home because he's an adjunct. Mm-hmm. So that means that he doesn't have like one full time position where he needs to be in an office for the day. He oh, okay. teaches a number of different colleges and gets paid per class, and that gives him a lot of flexibility, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So he picks up the kids and takes them to and fro and and does the shopping and that's like all spectacular. But then I'm worried for him. Like, oh gosh, well he got five classes this semester and that's kind of a lot. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> like, see, I hope he has enough time to get all the other things done that he needs to get done because I know he's taking care of these things for me and the kids today. Sure. And I'm worrying about all of that. And I, that is really. That is something I have been trying to work on this Advent, actually. That is my uh-huh. Advent goal. Like It's to not have the frenzied type of chaotic thoughts uh-huh. that are running through my head that then I get lost in because that's where I retreat uh-huh. in order to recharge. And so, yeah, so the mistake generally is just forgetting things, just not really allowing myself to be as prepared mentally as I could be uh-huh. for important things in my job. Or even at home with the kids in the evening, because then I've got work things on my mind when I should just be focusing on them. Whereas when I'm at work, I'm worrying about my husband and the kids. Sure. And, you know, just that's all quite normal, I think. But just allowing myself to realize that I am not in control Mm -hmm. of all of these things. I'm certainly in control of trying to remember my flash drive, but I'm not (laughs) in control of everybody's. Life, I have to allow God to take care of, you know, making sure that my husband is, you know, is having a good day or something. I mean, I can do my part, but ultimately that I'm not going to be able to be there with him and oversee everything that he's doing to help him. That's not my role when he's Mm -hmm. at work. And so I need to just let go of that worry that is then causing me to forget things and make all of these other mistakes in my daily life because I see my worrying as being this important part of helping them out. Right? No isn't. I need to leave that to God. Yeah,
0: that's such great insight. I mean, I love that you shared that um, because I think we can all relate Every woman can relate to that kind of frantic, frenzied feeling, especially when you're stressed and you're taking on new responsibilities, multiple things going on, getting out the door in the morning, that kind of thing that... What, what gets lost is sometimes the most important things, whether it's a flash drive or your relationship with somebody, you know, right. that that's what gets lost in the shuffle. And it's, you know, so we can all relate to that. And sometimes it's unavoidable when you've got a lot mm-hmm. of stressful things going on. True. You know, I think that sometimes we beat ourselves up in ways that aren't fair, that, you know, there actually is a ton of stuff going on right now, and you've got a lot going into your brain and that you're responsible for. But recognizing that, I think, is huge because it kind of can give you that, you know, you know when when you feel that frenzied feeling or you're feeling that scatterbrain kind of you know worrying about everything that that can be a trigger to you like oh need to take a breath you know <laughs> need right. to need to refocus and i know i've certainly done that before during stressful situations in my life and times where i'm very busy that need to you know that frenzied feeling that's my reminder (laughs) like when that happens I need to pause I need to take a breath I need to sit and have a cup of tea or you know engage in a conversation with somebody in a way that's not that frantic going you know 90 miles per hour which I think some personalities are more prone to do it than others but it's always it's always depleting and it's it's always at the cost of our own satisfaction in our work and in our relationships but also at, at the at the cost of our of the the people that we're hoping to serve you know whether it's students in a classroom or or your husband or your children at home that um and i also want to make sure to mention that i love that you talked about worrying as a cardiovascular activity because that so very clearly describes that temptation like oh yes i'm doing something i'm taking care of that situation because i am constantly worrying about it well exactly no you're not (laughs) that's helping nobody. In fact, it's hurting you and probably whatever work you're supposed to be engaged in right now. So,
2: absolutely. um,
0: Really important reminder that all of that is like that, you know, recognizing what is your job and, you know, refocusing on what that is and what is God's job and handing it over to him because that's that big temptation. You were talking about control. I can so relate to that, that.
2: Oh, yeah. And
0: I think most of us can, especially moms, you know, We love our family so much, and we just want to control every experience they ever have. And
2: of Mm -hmm. course,
0: that's not our role, and that's not God's plan. That wouldn't even be best for them.
2: (laughs) Right. We want them always to be safe and secure. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, we think if we then control their environment always, (laughs) we'll be able to make that happen. But of course, that's not true.
0: Of course it's not. And, uh, you know, I think... we, we can eventually get to a place of accepting that if we remind ourselves enough times. And I find I get reminded by getting hit in the face <laughs> with, you know, situations that blow up because I'm not focused on what I should be or situations that blow up because exactly. I'm trying to control something that is not my not my job. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So. Love that. And um, I just, I, I love hearing the variety of answers to these questions, because we hear yeah. everything from, you know, really just deep soul searching. And that's why I picked these questions, because I do think they are a little bit soul searching. Yeah. Um, and I like to encourage people to think about, you know, we don't often pause, especially as women, and and think and talk about the things that we're, we're happy with in our lives or that we're proud mm-hmm. of or an accomplishment or a triumph. Um, But also equally, I don't think we, we talk frankly enough about what we've learned about what we've mm-hmm. learned from mistakes that we've made. So I really appreciate what you've shared there. I think it's really challenging stuff for everybody. There's something that I think every woman can relate to inside of that, whether they're exactly in the same situation or not. Mm-hmm. We all have our own struggles with those topics. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope
2: so. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we've got enough time to do your lightning round. Tiffany. At okay. the end of every podcast, I like to ask our guests just some fast, fun questions for sixty seconds and um, learn a little bit more about you. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let me get my stopwatch going. Tiffany Walsh is lightning round on the girlfriends podcast. All right, Tiffany. What is the most challenging part for you of balancing work and family?
2: Feeling like I'm always present mm-hmm. at both places while I'm there. Right. I can yeah. Answer. It's Mm -hmm.
0: All right. When you have a rare moment alone, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in?
2: I am a crafter in that I like to knit and crochet. Love it. And so I have a basket by the side of the couch all the time with a project, probably, if I'm being honest, many more than one project going. (laughs) And so I want to pick something up out of there and work on it.
0: Nice. All right. What is a stereotype you'd like to correct about librarians?
2: Oh, well, they don't shush people all the time. (laughs) You know, I, I get that all. Oh, you must help people. Like, no. I mean, there's certainly some places in the library where it's designated as quiet so that people can get worked on. And so, yes, you do that in that setting. But other times, I think noise in a library can be a good thing if it's a study space and students are working together. It's like I encourage that.
0: <laughs> I love hearing that from a librarian. Okay, and then finally, years from now, Saint Tiffany will be patron saint of what?
2: Oh my goodness! All right, so if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I hope that Saint Tiffany is patron saint of belly dancers because I am—I'm a belly dancer. <laughs> oh my yep. gosh, which is somewhat unusual. That's the best. And um, yeah, I was a, a dancer as a child, taking the traditional ballet tap jazz. And so, as an adult, I've gotten into cultural dance, and so I take Middle Eastern dance, and I absolutely love it. And it's somewhat unusual, I think. Yeah, and I don't um, think that
0: title's taken yet.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's
1: wide so that's open. Why I picked it.
0: Go for it, girl. Go. <laughs> I love that. See, we do learn some more about people inside of these lightning rounds. That's terrific. <laughs> oh, that is great. I love that you do that. Well, thanks so much, Tiffany, for taking the time Thank to you. share from your heart. I've really been inspired and encouraged by what you've shared. and I know our listeners are going to be too. Uh, but so before bad. we have to go, is there anything you're working on now? What are you excited about that you just want to give a shout out to?
2: Well, I've, I'm wrapping up my teaching right now, but once I finish all of my grading, I'm hoping to get back to, um, a writing project. As an academic librarian, we do need to publish and write. Mm -hmm. And so I've been writing about some spiritual classics. I'm working on a larger writing project involving that. that. And so, yeah, I had worked on it a little bit over the summer Mm -hmm. and I have had zero time to work on it this fall because of all all of my teaching responsibilities. So over this winter, a recess i'm hoping to get back into that because we don't start classes again until late january and so i do love to write and you know i'm a blogger mm-hmm. and so that's my informal outlet i write for catholic mom which i also love you know it being a slightly different you know more formalized type of a conversation sure. and so this project would definitely be full-fledged um Formal, Mm -hmm. and so it's nice to have different balls in the air in terms of uh, things that you're working on, so that you can express yourself in a number of different ways. And I do love writing, and so this being a more serious project, it's just it's bringing out like the academic in me, and I'm really enjoying it. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, So hopefully next year we will be hearing more about that. But I'm just very much in the beginning stages of working on it. But yeah. Oh, very exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to hear about that. And so people that want to be following what you're doing and when that's available and all that you're sharing online can check that out at lifeofacatholiclibrarian.com. Tiffany, it's been a real joy talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for inviting me. I loved it.
0: Yes, our first librarian. We're always hitting milestones here at Girlfriends. Our first librarian guest on the Girlfriends podcast. So that was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed talking with Tiffany. And I hope you'll check out the stuff that she shares online because she's really an incredible lady. And... I love how beautifully she shares from her heart about the things that many of us struggle with, a lot of the things that I think many of us can relate to. And we all have similar struggles. And this Advent is a good time to be reminded of that, finding peace in our own hearts and our own minds and in our own skin. Thanks, Tiffany. Now, I got a little feedback from last week's episode um, where we talked about jealousy. So here comes
1: from Melissa. Hey, Danielle. It's Melissa and i'm actually doing a second listen to the podcast um you know jealousy i think is one of those things that um i don't think we ever grow out of but it definitely like changes like i had sort of a um, a big i guess weight on my shoulder about something that um happened 10 years ago about how my you know my ex left and he left me for someone else and it was really hard and it was really you know, I know that I didn't handle it right. And there was a lot of jealousy involved with it. And um, so recently within, I'll just say the last two months, you know, it seems like even this last year, people are always like, oh, you guys get along so well. We had no idea you weren't married. You, uh, You guys are, you know, a good example for everybody. And, you know, I sort of kind of tested the waters a little bit and I don't know what I was thinking, but I did. And um, by golly, she's got some radar that goes off or something, and she came back into the picture. They can't decide whether they want to get together or not, but um, I just was like, I'm not doing this again, and i I'm not letting myself um get caught up in the jealousy aspect of it it's it you know, and it's like it's it's been ten years, and you just have to learn to shut the door and walk away from some of it and You had said on in the podcast, you get to decide, and I think people forget that sometimes, and you know. I'm not good about it in all areas. I I've always got that temptation of jealousy, but I think sometimes you just have to take a step and that um you know what is it why you know what is causing you to be jealous? Well, you know, if you're not making the amount of money that you want to be making, go go find another job. I know it sounds easy, but um you know or whatever that might be or if someone doesn't someone spends more time with their kids, well put your cell phone down and spend more time with your kids or I don't know, but just just take a step. That's all you have to remember is that whatever that step looks like is you have to take a step. And it's okay to stand up for yourself and say, you know what? No, not this time. I'm not doing it anymore. Thanks for all you do, Jan- Danielle. We'll talk to you later.
0: So, thank you, Melissa, for sending that feedback. Um, it really made me think because, you know, before I recorded last week's podcast, which I termed about jealousy, I was going back and forth over what to call it, what I was talking about, because jealous really applies to those situations where you don't want someone else to have what's yours. For example, your husband inside of your marriage. So, jealousy really does apply there. And at a certain point, you are supposed to be jealous. I mean, you are supposed to not want to share your husband. So um, I I, the the real word that I should have used to describe what I was talking about last week is envy, right? Um, But just we we tend to use the word jealousy to mean both ways. um, When you're, you know, tempted by what somebody else has and and wanting what someone else has, even at the cost of taking it from that person. Um, But I really loved that you, you shared that different perspective, Melissa, your situation. I'm So sorry that you are going through what you're going through, but it sounds like you're in a good place. It sounds like you have such a beautiful, calm, prayerful perspective on what is a terrible situation, which a completely unjust situation. So my heart goes out to you, and I'm going to remember you in prayer. And I, I invite the other members of the podcast community to join us in prayer for Melissa and for her relationship with her ex-husband in whatever God means for it to be. And regarding this other woman, uh, you know— I also love that you were you were talking about you know how you're supposed to relate to that other person, and um you know so much about what we get tormented about inside of our human relationships comes from those various feelings of jealousy and betrayal and um, I don't think this woman's ever somebody that you're going to be BFFs with, Melissa, and I'm sorry that this has continued to be a problem for you. But we will hold you in prayer, and it does sound to me like you have a right perspective about it, and I especially love what you shared at the end about just taking a step. If you're in misery, take a step. You can do something about it, even if it's something very small, even if it's something that's only meaningful to you, only something symbolic. it can make a huge difference to you know empower you inside of what might feel like a very discouraging circumstance to you. So I want to encourage you, as Melissa did, to just take that step, figure out what it is that you want, and figure out what that one step is that you can help you move toward it. So thanks for leaving that message. Melissa connected with me on Voxer if you'd like to leave feedback for me to share here. On the podcast, or even private feedback, people have done that, um, sharing messages on Voxer or email or through social media. If you don't want me to share it here on Girlfriends, that's fine. I, I love to connect with you, and I'd love to hear, you know, your perspective, your ideas, your thoughts, the things that you want to share with me. So you can share that on Voxer, as Melissa did through that awesome app, which is like a walkie-talkie. It's totally cool, and you can easily leave voice messages, or you can click uh, leave voice feedback at Daniellebean.com. Or you could just send me an email, or you can connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on pretty much every form of social media, so you can find me. I would love to hear from you, and I'd love to add your voice to a future podcast. And I also want to thank those of you who support this podcast, support the production of Girlfriends on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Girlfriends is the place you can go to subscribe in a way to this podcast. And support it financially um, through a pledge as little as a dollar per episode. It's not something that most people are going to feel in their budget very much, but it's very meaningful to me. And if enough people do it, it really does make a difference. So if you appreciate what I do here, if you want to contribute to the production of Girlfriends, if you just want to contribute as a way of saying thank you, as a way of letting me know that you appreciate the content that I provide here each week, you can go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends at different levels of giving. There are different benefits. And I'm thinking of switching those up in the coming weeks. And um, if you think of a benefit, a bonus that you would like to get for a certain level of giving, let me know what it is. I'd be glad to consider doing that in the coming years. I'm thinking about ways to switch up the podcast. But I want to thank the ones who do already support me there. Your support means so much to me. And I appreciate the fact that you're you're willing to kind of go that extra mile and really, uh, you know, financially back what I do here. It really means a lot and it's um, a great way that you can compensate me for the time that I spend producing the podcast. And if you're not able to support Girlfriends on Patreon at this time, that's okay too. I would love to have your prayers for the podcast. I would love to have you add your prayers to the, the community here. You know, pray for the people who listen to the podcast. Pray for the production of the podcast. I pray for you guys each week. I remember you in my prayers and ask God to bless you in um, all the challenges that you're facing throughout your days and in your particular lives. I love hearing from you about what those are, and I I really bring them to God in prayer. So thank you for sharing that with me. Um, Another way you can support the podcast, if you aren't able to do it at Patreon at this time, is you can give a shout out to it on iTunes. You can leave a review. It's a great way to share the podcast and make sure other people get the word out about the girlfriends and discover girlfriends it's a great way to help do that on itunes or stitcher or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts if you don't use one of those um iTunes or Stitcher or whatever for listening to podcasts and you aren't able to leave a review there, then just share a link on social media. It really means a lot. I notice when people do that and it's a great way to support the show and let other people know about it, get the word out about it. So that's another great way that you can support it. And thank you, everybody, just for being here. I really appreciate the fact that you show up week after week. I appreciate the fact that you trust me with some of your time. I know how valuable it is. And just you showing up here every episode, every week is so very meaningful to me. It's a great gift, the gift of your presence here. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week.
1: Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.